Well, it's a great privilege this morning for me to introduce John Vatran. He actually, it's called Vatran, I believe. I don't know how they say their We say Vatran, I'm sorry. That's the Oakley, Oakley way of saying your name, but it's Vatran, I believe. But John, man, how long have we been partnered with you now? Been 30 years, maybe more? Back to Holy Ghost all days, probably. So what a privilege it is to have them here with us. And I'm so thankful that they reached out and let us know they were in town so that we could actually uh, get them over here, get a headlock on them and get them over here. I encourage you to pay attention. This man is a, a wonderful speaker, and he's got a passage that I believe that he'll preach the daylights out of it. John, why don't you come? Welcome John Vitron to our pulpit. Come on, John. It is a privilege, and it's really an honor to be with you. You know, it's one thing to say thank you thousands of miles away, but it's special and it's different to be able to, in person, to say thank you to all of you. Uh, you have been of great encouragement and of great blessing for us as a family in serving the Lord and for many other thousands of people over the years, and now we would like to be an encouragement to you and to say thank you for all that the Lord has done through you in our lives. It is, uh, you know, uh, I spoke with somebody not very long ago. You know, we treasure our relationship in the family, husbands, wife, uncle, daughters, aunts, and so forth. But all of these are, are temporary relationships. Our relationship in Christ is forever. It's eternal. In eternity, there will be no husbands, no wives, no uncles, no nothing. It will be just the brothers in Christ. We will be all that have accepted Christ as personal Savior. So our time here is in preparation. Our time here, it's time of getting ready for what's coming for us in eternity. And um, I was just so uh, excited when we've heard that you have, uh, you have went through the passage in, uh, through the book of Colossians. And then uh, I was asked by Pastor Larry to look at the last part of, uh, of the book of Colossians in chapter 4, starting with verse 7. Uh, because in this passage, uh, Apostle Paul expresses his desire to see the church successful, to see the church powerful, to see the church flourishing, to see the believers make a difference wherever they are. And, you know, I, I just enjoy Apostle Paul's way of approaching believers. He calls us ambassadors of Christ. We represent the interests of heaven here on earth. We are citizens of heaven. So Apostle Paul writes from prison. He was in Rome, and he writes to, to uh, believers in uh, uh, Asia Minor. He writes to them, uh, encouraging them to be faithful. Uh, encouraging them in them to be to work together to sacrifice together to establish a partnership together and this is what we've seen over the years through valley bible the partnership that you have been you know with us and many other missionaries across the across the world now when we speak of the ministry and the partnership you remember the passage in acts chapter 1 verse 8 
where Jesus Christ, you know, the words are, you shall, you shall receive power. You shall receive power not to do whatever you want to do with God's power. You shall receive power to be my witnesses. So our responsibility, the way Apostle Paul shares with the Colossian believers, is to, to, to make use of that power to be Christ's witnesses wherever we are. But in that passage, if you remember, you should be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then, of course, to the end of the world. That the, the important thing is that we need to understand that the Jerusalem is important. It's, first of all, the priority. And for you here at Valley Bible, here is your home. I believe that that power that we need through the presence of the Holy Spirit and through the knowledge and revelation of the Word of God, it's to make a difference here. This is the Jerusalem. This is the impact that we need to have. You know, I tell you, sometimes I go into my town. We have about 10,000 people town. It's, it's, not a, it's not a big town. We are right in the middle of the mountains. And during the week, I just walk at the open market on the streets at the grocery store, and I share with people about God's grace and about the wonderful love of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the responsibility that we have, it is to partner together. And it's so important, and we will see it in this passage here, why it is important to serve together. And I just want to say thank you for all of you here singing, all of the age groups and all of the people with different voices and, and a different way of glorifying the Lord. We are all different. And God expects us to serve Him together in the body of Christ, complementing each other, because we all have at least one of the spiritual gifts, and we are called to put to work our spiritual gifts. You have what I don't have. She has what he doesn't have. So when we come together, it is that beauty, the harmony, synchronizing with each other, allowing the Holy Spirit to make a difference in our lives here. And you know what's interesting to me? Because we are living some of the most difficult times in history, I believe, in the history of the Christian church and Christianity. When we see what is happening today, when we look at the political and social crisis, when we look at the economic and, and, and financial crisis, when we look at the spiritual and moral crisis today, we're wondering if we're not close, especially when you look at Matthew 24. When you look at Matthew 24 and you read what it's happening in the stages, one nation against another nation, there will be war, there will be all this famine, there will be earthquakes and all this. It looks like, we, it looks like Christ is at the door. So I would say that we have no time to waste. Apostle Paul in this passage speaks in an imperative way to learn to make a difference for Jesus Christ. So, you know, when we look at what is happening today, now, I have to say, uh, I grew up in a communist world, and uh, uh, um, it's interesting, you know, when you have a demonic society that does not acknowledge the presence of the existence of God, you know. And uh, I, I, I know what it means not to have freedom. When you have to go to church, and when you want to go to church, you have to bypass the police, the, the secret agents, and go through the fields so you can go to church. You know, it's interesting. My grandfather, my grandfather was tortured. He was tortured, and he was sentenced to nine years in prison. 
because of his faith and because of his desire to serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Some people ask me, why did you go into the ministry? Well, you know, by trade, I am a machinist. I am a tool and die maker. And I worked for 20 years as a mechanic and machinist. But you know, when communism collapsed, in Romania, and the door was open, even though America is the most beautiful country on the face of the earth here. And I hope that you thank God for it. When you stay away one or two or three, four years, and you come back, you feel like you want to kiss the ground because God has blessed these nations with opportunities that no other nation on the face of the earth has. So you know what I am saying is that I'm just a little bit disappointed because I think we just got used to the freedom and we don't know how to appreciate how much we can do for God with the freedom that we have, you know. I remember I visited my grandfather after, after prison. He was exiled uh, by the Black Sea and I visited him as a, as a child, four or five years old, and his face was shining because he always said, our God, my God is a powerful God. This is our God. So, you know, it's a privilege and an honor to serve the Lord. It's a privilege and an honor. And, you know, when we look at this passage here, we are going to see a number of names that Apostle Paul shares. And you are going to see here, and if we are, if we are going through this passage, and if you please help me with the, with the, uh, uh, with the slides there, um, we will see some, some, uh, some very interesting names there of people that are serving the Lord. And therefore, uh, uh, you know, we have, uh, we have uh, Barnabas, we have Mark, we have Luke, we have uh, Demas, we have, uh, 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 of course, Apostle Paul. And all of these believers were spread all over the place. And it was amazing to see the leading of the Holy Spirit, the connection that they had through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, how they cooperated together, how they worked together, sharing with each other, encouraging each other to make the most of every opportunity, to make the most of every opportunity. So I would like to go through the passage with you. And uh, uh, of course, the time is short, but let's go with through, the, through the slide there. And after the passage... Uh, we want to point out, you know, the fact that the Lord is using each one of us, regardless of where we are. And we have many reasons to say, Lord, I am not able. Lord, I am not capable. Lord, I can. But remember, at one point in Scripture says, He will take the weak to make them strong or to put to shame the strong. To put, because it's a paradox there. But the Lord wants to make a difference through each one of us. So, um, uh, I, I want you to look at with me. Let's go with the, with the slide there, uh, because we want you to look at, if it's possible, the believers work in a team ministry. And, you know, uh, uh, working in a team ministry has to do with believers, men and women from different cultures and different traditions. has to do with believers, men and women of different education and intellectual status has to do with believers, men and women from different professions, life and experience. Believers, men and women of different, of different groups in the society. You know. Then we have believers, men and women, diverse geographical locations. We can show that on a slide if you can do that, please. So we can see that there. And then, you know, it's interesting. We have men and women of different spiritual gifts and callings. You know. So 
Apostle Paul, as he looks at the believers, he wanted to see the church, the church uh, uh, flourishing. And you know, uh, I believe uh, that more than anything, we want to see uh, the church making a difference today. We want to see that wherever we are, uh, we are going to be responsible. It will come the time when we are going to sit in front of our Lord Jesus Christ. And only what we do for Christ will stand. Everything is important. Our position, our resources, our time, our energy. But only what we do for Christ will stand. That's why when communism collapsed, we've realized that the Lord needs us. Knowing the language and knowing the culture, it's time to go back to make a difference for our Lord Jesus Christ. So I hope that you will be so encouraged uh, uh, looking at, at the opportunity that we have and the freedom that we have to make a difference for Jesus Christ. You know, in Romania, we have two services every Sunday. In the morning, and we have a service in the evening. In the morning, it's basically a service for the church, for the believers to get strengthened, to get motivated, to be encouraged and educated in, in the Scripture. In the evening, it's always an evangelistic program where the believers invite their unsaved friends, colleagues, neighbors, and they invite them in the evenings. And the evening services, they have strong music. They sing a lot. And then they preach the word so they can. It's harvest time. It's harvest time. I hope, you know, that you'll be so uh, desiring to be involved and make a difference for our Lord Jesus Christ. Because, you know, nothing else will count and of course, our reward will not come from men, will not come from a society, from anybody. Our reward will come from our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, as we continue to look at this passage here, we see in this passage from 7, verses 7 through 18, uh, uh, we see the ministry partnership imperative that believers personally, there are some imperatives here that believers need to fulfill. You know, invest in this relationship, invest in the relationship with the Lord first. So first of all, we need to invest in our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, has to do with, um, with our spiritual maturity. And I think that the time that we live in today, looking at uh, problems that we encounter, uh, I think that Christianity is in crisis. I think that even the church is in crisis. Because, you know, uh, there is so much that we can do, so much that can be done today. And, and it's not really happening. You know, when we came back after, uh, after six years or so, it was a little bit disappointing and discouraging to see there is no fire, to see there is no enthusiasm, to see there is no passion among believers, some kind of a spiritual rheumatism, some kind of a retritus. Boy, we have so many, so many reasons to be excited about the Lord. Well, so many reasons to be passionate about Jesus Christ, you know. So, you know, people talk about, and I, I was just so surprised to see why aren't people coming to church. And you know, they said about the COVID, and this COVID stuff, you know, it's something that Satan will use anything to discourage the believers and discourage the kingdom of God. And you know, when you think of it, Satan has two Directions in his satanic, demonic wisdom. He wants to destroy the church or the family. Or if, if he's not going to be able to destroy the family, he's going to destroy the church. And he will do anything possible to, to, to diminish the, the, the plan of God, the calling of God for the church and for the family. So we, therefore, we need to be very wise 
speaking about this COVID stuff, you know, some people say, well, you know, we are going to worship on Zoom, we are going to worship on the internet. And I say, listen, you know, I understand that. There were a time, you know, when there was a problem with it all, with the masses and all that stuff. But, you know, if the Lord Jesus Christ would have wanted to be an internet church, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, sophisticated, then he would have had the greater Wi-Fi. He would have had a million G, not 5G, not 10G. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, he, he could have communicated the gospel, but our presence together, being together, even being together is an encouragement for each other, to see each other face, to hug each other, to listen to God's word, and motivate each other to follow Jesus Christ, you know. So therefore, you know, we need to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit of God here, you know. So as you see, we have, uh, we have believers, men and women from different culture and different traditions. Believers, men and women, different education and different intellectual status that come, you know. We have people, even the mayor of our town comes and his wife to be, to be volunteers in helping us with the youth ministry and all that. You know, so whoever you are, we are going to be responsible because everything we have, our health, our energy, our wisdom, it's all from God. And we are going to give account for what we got. Are we faithful servants? Are we making a difference for him? I think, you know, that if we would make the most of every opportunity here, I think more than ever, America needs powerful testimonies. And only the only change that it's going to bless America is the change that comes through Jesus Christ through you and I. Because we are instruments in God's hand. You know, you know uh, uh, speaking about investing in the relationship with the Lord, speaking about investing in our relationship with each other, speaking about relationship, investing and put to work our spiritual gifts. And I wonder, you know, uh, I teach a course in, in history of uh, theology, history of religion. And it's very interesting that historically, when you look at Catholicism, or we're living in an Eastern Orthodox world there, yeah, and uh, you know the, the, the traditions and the culture uh, in the Catholicism or so, you hire a priest, you hire a, prap, a pastor, and then let them do the job. You know, you pay them well, and then they do the job. But it's not so. You know, it's not so because uh, it's not only, yes, they have to give, they, 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 they give the direction, they are there for the leadership, but the responsibility is not only for one man, for two men, for, for three men, they stay up on a, on a platform. It's our responsibility because we all have the gifts of the Spirit, and we all have the calling. And you know, there is a passage, yes, yes, yes. There is a passage in Scripture, if you remember, in 1 Peter chapter 2. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 5, he calls us holy priesthood of God, called up to give spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Now remember, we are all, all of us believers, saved believers, children of God, we are called to be holy priesthood of God to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. And then in, verse, in, in 1 Peter 2, 9, we are called holy priesthood, called to proclaim the excellences of our God. Amen. To proclaim the excellences of our God. Amen. But imagine the responsibility that we have. We are all holy priesthood. 
And we have a responsibility to make a difference for our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, sometimes you say, maybe I don't have time. Maybe I'm not capable. Maybe I don't have a diploma. Maybe I, I don't have a theology. Yes, you can. In the, in the church that we serve, you know, we have an elderly lady. She's in her 90s. And, you know, she, she writes, you know, like a, a credit card. She writes scripture verses on small pieces of paper. With, with her pants pen she writes those verses and she goes into the city into the park and she shares scripture at 90 years old she doesn't have it with xerox she doesn't have it with uh, with uh, with printing or internet so she she writes those verses she is 90 years old because she said i don't know how much time i have left but i want to make a difference for jesus christ uh, you know we are very much investing in our relationship with the youth and uh, because they are the ones that are they're open they are the ones that accept Jesus Christ so every week we meet with them every week on Friday night once they finish school they from the high school and so forth where they come from uh, one o'clock two o'clock they come and play sports and then we have fellowship and then we share scripture with them and you know what's interesting that on one occasion uh, I saw about a dozen youth that I haven't seen before and I said, what are these guys coming from? Who brought them here? How do they know about our youth meetings and about, about our gatherings here? With them, there was a young man in his later 20s, maybe early 30s, and he is a handicapped young man. He has multiple sclerosis, and, and he, he could hardly move uh, and his hands and, and his legs. And when we serve pizza, I take a piece of pizza and I put it in his, in his hand so he don't drop it so he can eat it. And I, uh, he came to me, uh, uh, and he said, P -p Pastor John, I, 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 brought, I brought them here. I, I went to them, and I brought it. This guy who could hardly walk, who could hardly talk, he's the one that went and visited people in the villages, and he challenged them to come to hear the word of God. You know, these people are going to be testimonies for us. Because some of us have energy, some of us can talk, some of us can walk. And my question is, how many people have come to know Christ through me and you? You know, it's interesting. On the video that you saw there, um, you, uh, you probably saw the seminary where I've been teaching. And there were a couple of buildings in the capital of Syria, Bucharest there. You saw them with about four or five. Uh, um, uh, it was, it, it's pretty beautiful buildings there in 1923 1923 american missionaries this was before communism american missionaries have come to romania and they have purchased prime property in the capital city of bucharest they build the seminary the theological seminary when communism took over the communist government wanted to demolish. They wanted to bulldoze the buildings. So there would be no Christians, no training, no seminary, no Bible teaching. But they couldn't. Because the minute you step on that soil, it's American soil. Even today, even today, the semi-theological seminary in the capital city of Bucharest, it is American soil. It was the believers, the faithful believers, who a hundred years ago, they gave their best to make a difference for Jesus Christ. To see generations of people getting equipped. This is the beauty of America, you know. This is the beauty of, of the Spirit of God working through American believers. And, you know, I just want to uh, challenge you to, to pray for our nation. 
that God will continue to use America with the same purpose and the same energy and priority as it did it over the years. I remember when I first got my first Bible. You know, it was on Friday night. You know, Bibles were smuggled because you couldn't have, you couldn't have Bibles. It was illegal. So when I got my first Bible, I remember on Friday night, I was asked, everybody was asked to sit down because they'll get a gift. So yeah, there, were, there were some bags, they were brought in a, on the aisle, and each one got their first Bible. And, and you know how that was came in? I don't know if you remember those Volkswagen buses, you know, those strange Volkswagen buses, uh, hippish-like, you know, with no, no, no front, you know, and they had double, double walls. And that's how the Bible was smuggled in. And I got my first Bible because believers, faithful believers in the United States of America have sacrificed to print the Scripture, to send it over the ocean so we Romanian people who have the Word of God. It's because of faithfulness of the believers, the partnership, you know. Now, as we, as we continue on here, you know, uh, in verses 7, 7 through 18, uh, it is very interesting to see how, how the, in this partnership, how is the partnership accomplished? How in this partnership the believers are serving together? And you know, I, I, I just uh, uh, outline here verses 7 and 9. It says, and we are going to go through the passage, by connecting and communicating with each other, staying in form, connecting and communicating with each other. Uh, and this is so important because we need to be wise and we need to know how to intercede for you, how to contribute, how to make a difference in each other's lives, in our community, on our streets, you know. How, what can we do for the people so they can get a taste of Jesus Christ? Secondly, what we see here, they were communicating with each other. They were writing with each other. And Apostle Paul was a very good communicator. And Luke, and then you see, uh, and then you see Barnabas, and then you see all the others, even though they were far away, they were talking and encouraging each other. Then in verses 8 and 11, by encouraging and being an encouragement to each other. I think more than ever we need to, be, to encourage each other. We all have difficulties. We all go through crisis, maybe personal crisis, family crisis, health crisis, you know, financial crisis. And we all need to be an encouragement, to desire to encourage each other. If we are partners and if we are concerned about each other as members of the family, that's what partnership is all about. We cannot stay ignorant or passive. You know, we need to care for each other and find ways to express, to be creative in showing love towards each other. Yeah. Then in verses, uh, in verses 10, by suffering together, being even in prison uh, together for the sake of Christ. And Apostle Paul was in prison uh, with, with some of the workers there, suffering. He was ready to pay a price. Now, you know, when you do nothing, Nothing is going to happen to you. Yeah. But when you, when you start to do something for Jesus, watch it. That's going to happen. Because Satan can, can, can stand that. You, know. you are probably going to have opposition in the family. You are going to have opposition. They probably say you're crazy. And I remember, you know, when I was a child, you know, to be a believer, to, be, to believe in Jesus Christ, you're nuts, you know. And I remember, you know what they did to me? They... Uh, they, they took a shaving thing and they shaved my head in a, in a, in, in a cross type. And they, 
they took me to each elementary school class so they can show me this is the believer in Jesus Christ. They will embarrass you. It's not in style to be a believer. It's not in style to suffer for Jesus Christ and to make a difference. I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you remember, uh, there was a gentleman called Richard Wurbrandt, Voice of the Martyrs. And he, there was a book pulled out, Tortured for Christ. I knew him. I spent time with him. He lived in Romania. And he was, he was in prison for 14 years, and his wife also. Ready to, ready to give even their health, their life, to make a difference for Jesus Christ. So it will come the time, probably, as all of these believers here, uh, uh, connected with Apostle Paul, challenged to serve in spite of the persecution. And I believe... The persecution is coming. If you are a believer, you know, if you are in, if you, if you're really serious about your faith in Christ, the persecution is coming, you know, because it, it was over the years and over the centuries uh, uh, for the Christian church, and it'll be even today. If we go on here, you see, in verses 12, uh, by interceding, laboring in prayer for each other. And I was just so excited to see you praying for us. You know, it's the power of prayer. It's connecting with the, with the one that has authority over all and everything that is happening today. And, you know, as we minister to the, to the um, Ukrainian people, you know, these people... Some of them never read the scripture. Some of them never had scripture. So we, 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 we were able to get scriptures in Ukrainian. Then for the first time held a scripture and they, heard, they, they, they were able to hear the word of God. You know, it's amazing to see some of them, you know, when I was speaking to them, they were holding the phones up. And uh, so they can live, you know, they can share the message with their husbands in, in Ukraine. You know, Learning to suffer, we could, sometimes we could be ignorant, not seeing the need of the problems around us. But you know, seeing the problems of Ukrainian people, especially there, most of them are mother and children. One of the mothers with the six children, you know, some of them are, some of them have left with nothing there. And I just want to say, I want to thank you from your hearts for making a difference. You can't imagine, you know, what it means for these people to be able to buy food for their children, to be able to buy clothes for them, because, because the partnership is already happening. The partnership and the serving together through the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. Now, the same thing in this passage again here, it says, at one point here in verse 15, a lady offered her house for worship. If you, read, if you read chapter 4, verse 15, she offered her house to worship God. Now, I don't know what you can offer, and only, knew you, only you know what you can offer to serve the Lord in partnership with others. You know, maybe your time, maybe your resources, or so forth. But it is important. Uh, uh, I don't know if you sing the song. There is a song that I know I grew up with that. I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus? It is a wonderful song. You look up to the song because he gave the best for us. He suffered for us, you know. So giving up resources. Then, of course, in verse 15, in verse 17, by exhorting each other, steadfastness, being faithful, to complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. I remember there was a, in one of the Olympics some time ago, 
they showed a young man who was a, a, a part of a team uh, running over the obstacles, Tetratron, if you're familiar with that. So they were all getting ready to, 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 to run over, the, uh, over these obstacles there. And you know, they showed one young man, I believe he was from England, that everybody thought that he's the one. He should have the gold. He should win. And you know, they showed, you know, after the start, you know, after the gun blew, then they started and he was running, the other one was running, and he was able to jump over the first obstacle, the second obstacle. And when he got to the third obstacle, he, he, he felt so bad. And he showed him, uh, felt he was, uh, uh, he was hurt on his knees. And... Uh, uh, he showed him crying. At the same time, they showed the person that jumped from the spectator's side, and he went to him, and he picked him up, and he took his hand, and he put her over, and he says, we can do it together. We can do it together. So they, it, it appears that the gentleman was his father, and he said, come on, son, we can do it. Come on, son. And they were crying uh, and, 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 and running together. And when they arrived to the finish line, they embraced each other and they fell down crying and kissing each other. We did it. We made it. Amen. Well, you know, we might not get the gold, you know, but we want to get to the finish line. We want together to make a difference for our Lord Jesus Christ. And all of these people here that we see, you know, in the book of Colossians, they were people with a, with a sincere heart. They were people who realized that nothing is more important than taking seriously the call, the, the, um, the responsibility that we have as, as believers following our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, of course, uh, 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 I have a challenge uh, I don't think we can uh, show that. But anyway, the, the challenge is in Colossians 4, verse 5 here. And it says this, Whatever you do, whatever in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is Colossians 3, 17. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. And then, in Colossians 4, 5, you know, right uh, close to our passage here, it says, be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. This is Colossians 4, verse 5. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, you think of it, we don't know how many years we have left. We don't know if we have another day. We don't know when we need to go. We have the Word of God and we have the Spirit of God. We have the power that Jesus promised to us. The question is, you remember the verse, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all the others shall be given and to you. Amen. You remember the verse in Matthew where Jesus Christ before, before he ascended to heaven. Go, go, and make disciples. Preach the word and make disciples. We are called not to be passive, not to stay inactive. We are called to go, wherever God calls you to go, to make a difference, 
to disciple others, to share Christ with each other. I remember Dr. Philip Howard. He was my professor 30 years ago at the Western Seminary. And, you know, he was <clears throat> my discipler. I was just a young man being discipled. But, you know, the enthusiasm and the passion that he had in training others for ministry, it was the leading of the Holy Spirit that motivated me. And I remember when the time came and I was at the missions conference. And I remember when there was a call. Uh, is there anyone who desires to serve the Lord Jesus Christ? Is there anyone who wants to make a difference for our Lord Jesus Christ? And this was at the end of the missions conference. And my wife was sitting next to me. And we didn't even talk to each other. This was before the collapse of communism. And I just jumped up. I felt that something was pushing me up. Yes, Lord. I didn't even know what God has for me. I didn't know if I have to go any place. But the Lord has given me the wisdom to make a difference for him. And I don't regret. America is beautiful. When I come back, I don't want to go back. But... In the light of eternity, nothing matters. So in closing, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Verse 5 from chapter 4, make the most of every opportunity. Maybe in relationship with your children. Maybe in relationship with your neighbors. Maybe with your friends. To make a difference. To be partnered with Christ to come together, maybe to unite together, to intercede for each other, to give the best to Jesus Christ because he deserves it. And now, you know, I like to, I like to close here. Yeah? Uh, to me, this passage was encouraging because I know what it means to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other satisfaction that anything and nobody can give. Only that peace and that fulfillment when you do something for Jesus Christ. And I hope that through the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will do the same. And in your sincerity, to be transparent, and maybe today, you will, you, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, you realize, maybe I could have done, maybe I should have done, maybe I can give more, maybe I want to do more, because the time is near. And Jesus Christ is coming. I, I hope that you'll be able to make a difference because our reward is waiting for us through Jesus Christ. May God bless each one of you. And may God reward you. And I want to thank you so much for what you have done for us, for the Romanian people. God bless Valley Bible. God bless each one of you. And thank you. Thank you. May the Lord be glorified. Yes, Lord.